So I'm always behind in everything. Uh, there, it just seems that way when she's not here. Uh, Luke chapter, our scripture comes out of Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through uh, 19. The end of that part there. Uh, we'll have Bible study tonight. I can't remember exactly where we're at right now, but we'll be Bible study tonight at 6, still in the book of Luke. Uh, you guys will probably finish Luke before June comes up, but the other crowd just needs to come here so you can teach them. Uh, we're about halfway through there. But so, moving on. Ash Wednesday. Can you believe Ash Wednesday's been almost 40 days ago, about 30-some days ago? It seems like it was yesterday, does it not? Uh, we were here, we're going along, and I played a video. I played a video from Zach Williams. And it said, and this is the reason for Ash Wednesday, and this is the theme for Lent service for you, for you and I. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice telling the same old lies, if you're trying to fill the same old holes inside, there's a better life. Means if you're a pain, if you got pain, there's a pain taker. If you feel lost, there's a way maker. If you need freedom, there's saving. I've just got the scripture right here, or the, the lyrics right here. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. We all run to things that just ain't right. I had somebody send me a text, you just ain't right, preacher. Uh, that person sends that to me all the time. But now we're almost at the end of Lent. Next week is Palm Sunday, uh, which I'm not sure where we're going to be discussing. You know, Jesus is coming in to the uh, temple there. Uh, and so we'll deal with that. Uh, so Palm Sunday, as we get ready for that, is, uh, and so we go along. We should be changed. If we were doing the things that we promised to do on Ash Wednesday, do you feel a change in your life? You cannot sit there and tell me, if you started reading the Bible every day or reading a little more every day, if you started praying a little more every day, if you started doing the things that the Bible tells us we're to do a little more each day, that from 40 days ago, you were not the same person you are today. God will not allow you to sit in the same seat if you're doing all the right things. He will move you. He will move you. God is also, not only is he a chain breaker, he's a mover. And so, to, for today's service... He says, if you have received it, this is the end of the song, if you can feel it, somebody testify. Testify. And that's where we're at today. We're going to testify about how God has moved our life and how he's moving our life. But first, let's get into the scripture that we need to read uh, for this. Uh, verse 11 so we're in uh, Luke 17, 11. Now it happened as Jesus went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood at afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when Jesus saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleaned. And one of them, he saw that he, he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorified God, 
and fell down on his feet, fell down at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Where are the ten? Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Where, where, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. This is the word of God for the glory of God. Praise Let's look at a couple things. Let's do some of the technical stuff first. How many men were there? Ten. Ten men. Ten men with leprosy. Uh, we are going to assume from this story, nine of them were probably Jews and one of them was a Samaritan. We could be wrong there. Uh, we don't really know that for a fact, but that's what we're going to assume uh, because he told them to go to the priest. The Samaritan probably would not have gone to, the, at least not to that temple. He would have went somewhere else. Uh, and so we're going along. This land between uh, this land between Galilee and Samaria, remember Jesus a little bit back when he asked to go through Samaria, and they said no. So he's kind of cutting around the corner now. He's going to this land. This is no man's land. This is Chicago, people. This is Houston. This is New York City. This is one of those places that's a dangerous place to be uh, because it's a border town between the two. If you will, this is Texas, New Mexico, maybe California, on the border town between Mexico and the United States and some of the stuff that's going on there. And, and so this is a border town. And, and so he's going along, and then there's a road that goes, but most of the people on that road are the outcasts. Most of them are there are thieves and other things. And this is where these people have been kicked to because they're no longer fit for society because they have leprosy. They have some skin disease or some kind of disease. They've been kicked out of society. And this is where Jesus is going. And there's ten of them. And ten, we know from our Jewish study, ten is a complete number. And so what I take out of this, and this is a little more valerianism than, than from the Bible study, ten, ten men equals completeness. And let me tell you, every one of us, just like the prodigal son, excuse me, every one of us has found ourselves in the road where we do not belong, correct? Sometime or another, excuse me, in our life, we have found ourselves in the place that we do not belong. And we found ourselves there. Ten is completeness again. Every one of us is a sinner. Romans tells us that we all, all, encompassing you and me, fall short of the glory of God. And how often do we fall it? Probably daily. All of us. Everyone's a sinner. Everyone needs healing. Every person that I know needs healing. Do you know what Mother Teresa, I love Mother Teresa. I'm going through books and stuff and you know, I'm getting rid of a lot of books. And there's a couple of Mother Teresa books I've read. I've highlighted. I'm like, eh, do I put that in the go pile or stay? I'll, I'll keep Mother Teresa. I love to read about Mother Teresa stories. Uh, and there's a couple other ones I really like too. But you know what Mother Teresa needed? Healing. She was a sinner saved by the grace of God, just like the rest of us. But yet she went to Calcutta and pulled the, the people out so they could die with dignity. The Desert Fathers, of course, I just had this class. The Desert Fathers, on the subject of sin, they were not to judge somebody else's sin. Because what they're saying was, it's him today, me tomorrow. Meaning that we all fall short of the glory of God. 
We all fall short of that glory of God. And so in this story, we all need healing. We're all in this need of healing. And so we're going along. But this is the church. This is just fits to me, modern day. How many people come? I have had people that we prayed for and prayed for and were healed, and they go to the doctor. They go to the doctor, and the doctor does something. Bam, they're healed. You know, I know in this church, we have two wonderful doctors, and they're highly rated and highly thought of, Jonathan and Bridget. But how many people, I wonder how many people come to go to those two. They might have prayed. They got healed from those two doctors. And they said, no, God didn't heal me. It was Jonathan or it was Bridget. That was the doctor who did it. Who trained that doctor? God. You know, Bridget and Jonathan and all the other doctors out there, nurses and, and care staff, they are a gift from God to us. If we would look at it that way. If we would look at it that way. And, and so we've been healed by a doctor, but that doctor, where he got his healing from, is originally from God. And, and so we, we're going to go with that there. And so we all need a healing. We all need this. And we all need to come to this. You know one thing about sickness and death? I have dealt with this a lot lately. And sickness, exactly, but not so much death, but death too. Neither one of them are discriminators. They don't care if you're rich. They don't care if you're poor. They don't care if you're white, you're black, you're purple, you're yellow, you're green. Death and sickness cares not. It falls upon everybody at one time or another. And I was thinking of this. One of my favorite movies is The Bucket List with Morgan Freeman and Jack Nicholson. You know, if you've ever seen that movie, that's a pretty clean movie. Uh, you know, uh, maybe not let little kids watch it, but it's a pretty good movie. Morgan Freeman, of course, is a black guy, hard-working mechanic, works his whole life, helped his kids be successful. He's a hard-working man. Jack Nicholson is the rich white guy that owns the hospital. And they both find themselves in the same room dying of cancer. And Jack Nicholson really plays that part well. You know, why me? You know, I'm the rich guy. I own the hospital. All this stuff. In fact, the reason he's in a room is because when he was running the hospital, is he made a policy to a room so he can get twice as much money. Did death or sickness discriminate against that? No. I mean, that's just a, fig, uh, a, a, a story, but it's true. Death and trouble does and sickness and all that stuff does not discriminate. What matters is, is how do we handle it? How do we handle it? You know, I'm a guy that prays. I mean, I, I pray and I hope one day when somebody looks back on my life, man, he was a praying man. I believe in miracles. I never stop. I am the one that the Bible talks about. Knock, 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 knock. Continue to knock, knock, knock until God gives you your answer, shuts you up and moves you somewhere else. But you just keep going and going and going, and somebody will get tired of you praying. Maybe God will get tired of me praying about something and say, just fine, fix that, and let's move on. Well, however it is, I don't care, because I'm going to pray to God. But in that meantime, for the people that we're praying about, or even ourselves, your attitude of how you deal with your sickness and your situation makes a difference. That makes all the difference in the world. And, and so how we deal with it makes a difference. Because I go along, and I was sharing with uh, uh, Rachel and Deborah recently, I sent them the video of Eddie and Patty Gill and how they got into the motorcycle scene. 
And Patty, of course, when she's been here, she gave her testimony. She has MS. And she goes along. She got extremely depressed. A short story here. She got extremely depressed. Eddie's trying to do whatever, just to get her out of the house. Put her on a horse, which I don't figure out how that worked out quite yet. You got a person with MS that can't hardly walk. Let's put him on a horse. And I mean, I don't know what Eddie was thinking on that one, but we move on. And so uh, the motorcycle thing comes up, and then it gets to the strike so she can sit at it better. So here's this woman with MS that was depressed that now is riding on the back of a motorcycle for Jesus, and she has affected, both of them really, but she has affected thousands of people's lives. They're going around, they go, they're getting ready to go up to Sturgis in August, go to Sturgis so they can speak about their testimony. How many people have been blessed? How many people have come to the Christ because of that sickness? Paul says... Yeah, you know, he had an ailment, and I prayed three times for the Lord to take this from me. And I can hear Paul now. I mean, this would be at least Larry if it was me. God, I'm a guy. I'm the guy. I was, you know, I know I was bad at once. I was a Pharisee, but I've been training. I gave it all up. I'm following you, and I'm doing all this stuff for you, God. And whatever this ailment is, it's slowing me down in my ministry to do your work. So, God, you need to heal me so I can do stuff better for you. I mean, would that not be how you and I would pray? At least me. I'm Sinner Larry. That's how Sinner Larry's going to pray. God, why are you doing this for, to me for? Because if, I, if you would fix this situation, I could do more work for you. What did God tell Paul? <laughs> Shut up, Paul. Get busy. My grace is sufficient for you. Use your ailment for my glory. And that's really how life is about. And that brings us back to these ten people. Where did the other nine go? We don't know. We just don't know. If they were Jews, they probably weren't going headed off to the priest. They were probably, because they were doing what Jesus commanded them to do. But here's the fundamental problem here. They realized Jesus was somebody special. They realized that he was the master, because they all cried out, Master, Master or teacher, they realized that he was a prophet. They realized that he had this healing power. But what they did not realize, at least the way I read this scripture, that he was God. Go to your priest, let me show you something to the priest, because you can't get back into the community unless the priest see and the priest announce it. They put a, they'll actually write it on a paper and stick it in the door. So brother so-and-so is allowed back in. They've been healed from leprosy or whatever their disease is. So, so to get back in the community, you've got to go to the priest. But what they failed, to me, what the fundamental problem is, they failed to recognize that Jesus is God. That he is not only the son of man, he's not only the master, he's not only the rabbi, he's not only the teacher, but he is God in the flesh. And he's in the business of healing our broken lives. He's in the business of going to no man's land, or no woman's land, and he is in the business of healing us. The problem is some of us are not happy with healing. Because we don't, God, I need to be healed completely. No, you don't. Because God's going to use your situation today to glorify somebody else. God, I need to, you know, if you can put a million dollars, I like somebody put on Facebook, with the person praying for rain, pray for my bank account. Well, shoot, let me start that one too. I don't know how many times I prayed for farmers and rain, and it worked, <laughs> obviously. Lord, <laughs> let that rain fall into my bank account. As much raindrops are on the ground, put it in my bank account. Has he healed that problem yet? No. 
But yet, we're still glorifying God. We're still giving. We're still tithing. We're still doing all those things. So the real thing is here, Jesus, Jesus here, how thankful are we? How gratitude, how much gratitude do you have that you got your tail end out of bed today and you were lucky enough to come to church? Think about that for a minute. How many people today woke up with an ailment? Not the flu, not a cold, not a you know, sick child. They woke up with something that was physically the disability and they're in the way of the emergency room right now and they cannot be here. Life is funny. Life has no discriminator. Life is not fair. The only equal thing we have, the only equal, the equality we have is Jesus. It is Jesus is the only thing goes. And you know the funny thing about Jesus? He's not a discriminator either. He was sent to die for your and my sins for everybody. And so we go along there with that. Jesus sits there and says, this is my body, which is broken for you. This is the blood of the new covenant which is poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. I'm going to do something a little different today. I'm going to go ask Jeff and Harold to come on up. You're going to think that guy didn't pray yet. Mm. Got to check the time here. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I ask you to bless this as be the bread and the blood. Amen. There we go. We're not done yet, really. Body of Christ broken for you. Body of Christ broken for you.
Tell you something, Harold. I just praise the Lord forever. It's not Harold. Maybe Harold. Oh, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was me she was talking about. No, I really be quiet. God works in mysterious ways, and Bush has worked his heart out. And we didn't know, you know, he didn't have to bring that to glory this morning. He could have carried it with him to Australia and had a ball in Australia. But God put it on his heart to bring it to glory. And we appreciate it very, very much. Amen. Harold, what do you got for us? You know, <clears throat> the ingredient that we're missing, we're not saved by love. But love is getting weaker every day. And when you pray, pray for love. It's, it's, you know, it's just as important as anything else. But, you know, you've got to fill your heart up with love. And God's love. And, you know, we've had a bad year. But you know what? We don't make it through. Amen. You know, it may not be like we want it. But I guarantee you we're going to make it through. And you know, if we stay in that closet long enough, hey, you'll make it out. Amen. Let me just say something about the church real quick. We all know that I'm moving on and stuff. That's one thing. But we have been praying, and Butch and I know Butch has been praying. We've been talking back and forth about finding the pastor. Where we are. I'm just as interested in making sure you all succeed as anything else. But I, and I actually had in my mind what I thought for a pastor, but the Lord has started bringing people to my life. This morning would be one of them. If somebody, man, that guy would make a wonderful pastor of glory. I mean, because I know you people. And so I keep, I mean, so I was worried about a pastor, and we keep getting names. I keep giving names to Bush, interview this guy, interview this guy. It's going to be all right, people. God is still going to move regardless of the pastor because this church is bigger than any pastor. Now, I tried to get bigger yesterday, and that's beside the point. Uh, what I'm going to do now is we all kind of go along, and Bush come up, he'll be able to serve uh, communion to others. Uh, come now, and come, when you're coming, you're just not coming to communion today. You're coming to be in the glory of God, in the presence of God, because God today has invited you to his table. And he invites those who love him, repent of their sin, and wish to live in peace with one another. Come and bask in the glory of God. Amen. You go to Miss Odell to Mr. Autry. The gluten-free people and the shorter line people come over here.
Jesus loves me this side of